Hello, everyone. Welcome to Risk Roundup. Cyberspace has brought us all a security threat that has no visible front, borders, or armies. With millions of annual cyber attacks, cybercrime today has become a real threat to anyone using computers, smartphones, tablets, Internet of Things, and any other gadgets that are connected to the Internet. With each year passing, cybercrimes keep rising. Now, when we look back at 2017, the world has witnessed so many security breaches. While some have been reported, there are perhaps many more that were not reported. Needless to say, the war for cybersecurity rages on as nations seem to be moving rapidly towards one of the most open societies in a world that is more connected than ever before without the necessary security framework and infrastructure in cyberspace, geospace, or space, in short, referred to as CGS. So irrespective of individuals and entities across nations, its government, industries, organizations, and academia, in short, referred to as NGIOA, when we try to protect ourselves against the threat from cyberspace, it is important to understand that threat vulnerability comes not only from cyberspace, but also from geospace and space. Irrespective of whether those vulnerabilities from CGS, that means cyberspace, geospace, and space are intentional or accidental, it can obtain damage or destroy any asset in cyberspace, geospace, or space due to cyberspace connectivity with geospace and space. So as we begin 2018, it is important that we evaluate new developments in cybersecurity, understand the trends, and forecast predictions. To discuss cybersecurity trends and predictions for 2018, I'm honored to welcome Rob May to Risk Roundup. Rob May is the Managing Director of Ramsec. He's also the Chairman and Institute of Directors based in UK, and he's also a published author. Welcome, Rob. We are delighted to have you on Risk Roundup. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Wonderful, Rob. So let's look back to 2017. Today, cyberspace is deeply embedded across day-to-day -day lives of individuals and entities across NGIOA, that means nations, its government, industries, organizations, and academia. Everyone is connected these days. As a result, its crowded interconnections are bringing very complex, chaotic, and challenging times for everyone. It seems nobody is secure across nations. So when we look back at 2017, from what we have seen, which are the most notable data breaches that is uh, that are concerning to everyone, as irrespective of whether we are individuals or entities? So I think, I mean, if I reflect on uh, sort of the cyber news in the UK, um, probably in 2017, the WannaCry outbreak had massive impact you know it, it it closed down um big swathes of our healthcare system countless operations were cancelled and and it was absolute mayhem and and when you look at that you know that was a ransomware attack um in the uk press it got reported as a national health service attack and it wasn't that at all you know it it wasn't aimed at them. It just so happened that the NHS were one of the highest profile organisations that haven't been patching their systems and, and are using, you know, out of date IT equipment. And some of that's down to budget, some of that's down to, you know, government budget, and some of it is down to bad practice when it comes to IT management. And I think if you look at, if you, you know, so if you take that as an example and you look at countless other attacks, so often they could have been um, mitigated by people properly and looking after the technology that they're using. As you say, we're all, we're all connected. We're all using tech all the time. And that, that tech has to be managed and it has to be maintained. Yes, very true. That's an excellent example. And that uh, uh, that had so many uh, vulnerabilities and so many complex challenges on every front. And it is a cause of concern because that preparedness that we would like to see in our systems 
that was not there. So when cyberspace fundamentally changes the definition and meaning of security, there is no such thing as secure anymore. That's what uh, we are witnessing everywhere across nations. And when we integrate that and incorporate that into geospace and space, all of our systems that are connected and the complex security challenges uh, becomes you know, much more complex. So when the security concept is currently being subjected to such huge changes, with respect to its aims and capabilities and sources and connectivity and the different dimensions of threats, it makes us wonder how the many unknowns of cybersecurity are influencing the average cost of data breach. Now, we, I'm not sure what was the cost of that uh, data breach that uh, we just uh, you just talked about in the uh, UK uh, the, because of that uh, ransomware or malware. So, uh, what was the cost of security breach as you witnessed that in UK? Yeah, I don't know what the total cost is. I mean, I read a report recently that said the worldwide cost of cybercrime in 2017 was $4 trillion. And the prediction is that that's rising by $1 trillion per year. And in my, in my book that I, I wrote on the subject, um, I, I visualized that and I, I worked out that if you four trillion dollars, I mean, it's massive. But but what does that mean? If you were to stack one dollar bills, four trillion dollars would reach the moon and it would weigh 40 tons. I mean, it's just a massive amount. of. <laughs> it is. It is massive. That is true. That is very true. And it, it, it just keeps increasing. And uh, the decision makers are still not uh, able to come to understanding of how to actually reverse this or how to control these. And uh, so that is a complex challenge because the nature of the vulnerabilities that the cyberspace and the connected computers brings to each one of us, irrespective of whether we see the physical systems or digital systems or space systems, it is very, very complex. And uh, there are lot many unknowns then knowns to you know be able to go ahead and fix the problem. So as we focus on cyberspace and cybersecurity, what trends, challenges, and threats you see that awaits all of us across nations, irrespective of whether it's UK or United States or Europe or Asia, anywhere or Middle East or Africa, that we are all facing in 2018. So um, I think. Um... I think one of the things that will grow is um, attacks that are powered by artificial intelligence. You know, I think that's um, currently, you know, the cyber industry in terms of the good guys who are trying to protect are using more and more artificial intelligence to try and understand patterns and so on. But the tools that are available to the good guys are also available to the bad guys. And I think we'll see, we'll see more of that. I think in terms of technology, in terms of protection technology, you know, one of the things that's emerged over the last 18 months is um, uh, sandbox uh, technology. So the way this works, you have an environment within your IT that's looking for file activity. And so if files were being encrypted by a ransomware attack, for example, rather than doing it on the live system, the computer starts to do it in the sandbox and then realizes that this is an attack, therefore it stops it and it rolls it back. And that was great technology. What we're now seeing is malware attacks that are sandbox intelligent. And what they're doing is they're, they're sensing that the sandbox there and they're not actually delivering their payload until they're out of the sandbox environment. So, you know, for every time that we come up with technology and systems to protect ourselves, so the, the criminals are, are, you know, let's face it, if the industry's worth $4 trillion and is growing at a trillion dollars a year. This is very, very lucrative. And there's a lot of money to be invested in terms of trying to trying to attack businesses. And some of it, I think, is 
is targeted and some of it is that's very true. That's very, very true. There are, and the first point that you made about the AI-based attacks uh, and machine learning, AI and machine learning-based attacks, that is a real cause of concern because we are just not prepared for that those kind of scenarios. And we, I mean, even without AI, uh, we are not able to manage effectively the cyber attacks that are coming our way. They are so complex. So now when you add the uh, magnitude of uh, AI, it is going to be so much more difficult. Or it's probably in some cases it's going to be impossible to be able to prevent that effectively. So that is a real cause of concern. So have you seen any um, activities uh, as far as the regulatory changes coming our way in 2018 so that we can manage this kind of complex challenges. Are any nations working on you know, preventing those kind of AI-based attacks or any other kind of attacks or any other kind of bridges? I think all the big security uh, providers are working on, on technology. I think if you look at changes which are coming, you know, in, in 2018, we've got the introduction of uh, GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulations, and where that really starts to fine businesses who suffer data breaches. And the cost of data breaches, I think, is just going to really ramp up. And uh, I heard one argument that said um, there will be some people who will pay more ransom to get out of the problem rather than dealing with with the gdpr declaration where they where they've got to pay a big fine in my um in my recent ted talk i cited the fact that i was at a, a presentation uh with microsoft 18 months ago and the fbi were there and the fbi said at that point there were two types of organization there are those organizations that have suffered a cyber attack, a data breach, and those that will. And then in the summer, I was in uh, Toronto with Microsoft, and the same speaker from the FBI was there. And this time, what he said is there's two types of organization, those that have suffered a cyber attack, and those that don't know they have. And this is quite different, because what they're now saying is, okay, we don't know when the attack happens. There's a breach, there's an attack, people are getting inside your organization or inside your data, and they're learning about you, and they're learning about your reporting levels and your, you know, who, who has financial authority. And I was having a discussion about this recently, and the challenge, and I've not seen this addressed anywhere, but the, the thought that occurred to me is what starts to happen from an insurance point of view? You know, businesses insure against cyber threats, but the very insurance model works on the fact that everybody pays their premiums and very few people have a claim. But when it comes to cyber, if what we're saying is every organization will have a claim, how do you fund the cost of insurance? Uh, and I think it's going to be a really interesting challenge that that unfolds for for us all as business people, you know, around the globe. Yes, it is. It is a very complex challenge, and uh, you made a very valid point about the cyber insurance because if every individual and if every entity across an organization are going to face the cyber, you know. Uh, security breach either today or tomorrow then how is insurance industry going to cope up with that kind of uh, you know challenges and uh, we you know we have been promoting uh, re, re you know designing the whole insurance system because the biggest challenge I see in the insurance uh, with the cyber insurance is that at this point uh, we don't have a structure that manages the interconnected and interdependent risk. So even if let's say some organizations uh, have data breaches and they you know, are able to uh, 
pay the hackers or uh, these uh, cyber attackers you know some money and ransom and you know get out of that and they are they think that they are safe but it has a lot of unintended consequences because the it is not just about them if the there are partners or vendors and if there are interconnections interconnectivity then other organizations are going to be impacted so who is who is responsible for interconnected and interdependent risk that you know is uh, emerging in because of the cyberspace because cyberspace connects both geospace and space as well as it connects you know individuals as well as entities across ngio because no longer we are facing the challenge that okay if you are working in an organization your uh, computer is impacted your maybe phone is impacted but you use that phone at home also so you have that you bring those risks from work at home also so there are a lot of different challenges and how are we going to manage the interconnected interdependent risk because right now nobody is interested in talking about that we have been uh, trying to push that dialogue that let's focus on the interconnected interdependent risk because when it comes to independent risk any organization with a effective risk management framework cyber security risk management framework or integrated risk management framework they they will be in a position to manage that as much as possible and uh, if if every organization takes that accountability responsibility that the risk that rises within their corporate boundaries that they are responsible and they manage it effectively then the insurance industry should not issue any policy for any risk any cyber security risk arising from within any corporate boundaries that are manageable so there is a need for integration between risk management and uh, between the insurance industry and uh, between uh, probably government because there is a need for redefining and redesigning the whole framework and the whole system cyber insurance the insurance industry will have to play much bigger role they could be the enforcers of risk management framework that they have to make when the insurance industry was established probably hundreds of years back 150 or 200 years back i'm not sure it's between 100 and 200 years back so they they used to make sure that the houses have chimneys and all that before they would you know give the fire uh, they would issue any insurance on the fire and things like that so that was the time when insurance industry was much more accountable now they are just looking at money that okay if you have money to pay for the premiums we will you know issue a policy they are not they walked away from being the enforcers of you know risk management or making sure that that standards and everything you know that needs to be there that they are maintained so insurance industry will have to play go back to the roots and go back to understanding what their role is when they are issuing policy so that is the bigger challenge that i see and you know the, we have been trying to push that dialogue because if we have an effective structure a risk management structure that is tied to you know insurance industry then there are a lot of uh, risk that will be automatically managed and we won't be needing to you know issue policies for each and every kind of you know cyber risk that is emerging so that is a big challenge but let's go back to the uh, in the beginning you talked about the wanna cry and you know the challenge that uk faced because of that and ransomware has been a growing threat for the last you know several years so as it continues to claim these high profile victims like you know what uk faced what is being done about ransomware have has anything changed in how to deal with the ransomware i think i mean the technology continues to improve and um companies continue to invest i think that um you know my ted talk was called the human firewall and the problem is and it links back to something you just touched upon when you were talking about how the insurance companies used to be you know where they used to check the chimney and the fireplace and and so on and i think one of our challenges is organizations invest in hardware and in software and in um you know web filtering and email filtering and the analogy that i use 
is if you were securing your building, what you're doing when you buy the very best firewall and the best software and the best filtering and all the rest of it, if your IT was a building, what you've done is you've bought the very best alarm system, you've put bars on every window, you put the very best locks on every door, and your building is as secure as it could be. But with ransomware, the way that works is a crook under some form of disguise has come up to the front door of your building and pressed the buzzer and one of your team has invited them in. And it doesn't matter that you spent all that money on security because if a member of your team openly invites them into your organization, metaphorically or otherwise, then you're you're at risk, and I think this is this is really difficult. You know, our people are, are you know, are our biggest challenge, and and technology will continue. You know, we've got um, there's there's now a, a pixel virus, so there are websites where one pixel on the website can be infected, and it's again, it's completely down to uh, luck, bad luck. But if your mouse goes over that single pixel, that's what triggers the, the ransomware. I mean, it, these things just continue to evolve and the, and the challenge continues. But, but training and people awareness and education and getting people to be more mindful, I suppose, more, more, more present in terms of what are they doing, because uh, we're busy, right? You know, we're dealing with thousands or hundreds of messages every single day, and there's loads of calls on our time and our attention. And the the criminals are using that to to try and trick us. And uh, I think there has to be ongoing. It's not just about the technology, and it's not just about how the technology evolves, but it's about it's about the awareness. Yes, and, and people. People yes, get tricked all the time. People get scammed all the time. Yes, they do. They do. Very, very true. And the, those are the complex challenges because, like you said, we get so many emails every single day. And then uh, by accident or, you know, by ignorance, a lot of times people click on those links. And uh, even on social media, they go and uh, they click on links. So there are a lot of challenges emerging because of that. And we feel, I feel that, and you know, we at this group uh, are trying to promote this, that if we, I mean, education awareness, like you said, is a fundamental necessity now, because we need to, there are so many changes happening so rapidly that we have to educate the workforce. We have to keep educating everyone. So even the decision makers, we have to keep educating them. But at the same time, we do need to put a structure by just telling them that, hey, look, you should not click on links without understanding. And uh, because that could be ransomware or that could be all kinds of malwares and things like that. If we, if we just tell that, the human nature is such that they are not going to they will understand that, but they, it will not be implemented in their behavior effectively unless we put in an incentive structure. So if we put in an instant incentive structures that let's say for something as big as, I mean, we are, we are promoting global peace through risk management. And what we would do, we would, you know, we feel that what would work is that if we put an incentive structure that each and every risk that any individual or any employee is able to prevent or you know any cyber threat they're able to prevent or any they anything they identify which would prevent any kind of risk then there will there should be a point system uh, that where they you know collect more points and the more points they collect you know eventually the global peace prize should be integrated tied to that that how many risks, you know, who is my, who has prevented the most number of risks. And, you know, we have to come up with proper structure of that. But if we tie that to some bigger goals and if we tie some financial incentives to prevention of, you know, risk or to identify risk or to manage risk effectively, then the human nature is such that they will feel compelled. That, oh, that is, if I do this correctly, if I prevent risk or if I manage risk, 
then you know i will either get a financial award because of that maybe you know employees will collect the points and the bonuses will be tied to that or you know if we at the end of the day if i manage enough risk if i pre- prevent some big cyber security uh, breach or threat that impacts my you know organization or my country then you know they collect my, many many more points and we can have uh, peace prizes you know or some sort of uh, prizes you know at every level so people will feel incentivized they would feel they would have a desire to do something better by just education by having you know there are lots of education material lots of books lots of you know seminars lots of talks on that it's not going to change behavior unless we integrate that with some sort of effective you know system that would give them a desire to do that but anyway that's that's what we are pushing that we should tie things effectively so that we should integrate so that human nature humans you know have a desire to change their behavior because changing behavior for humans is very very difficult task and just by education awareness it will probably take us you know decades or century to be able to come up with that and by that time we would you know come up with much more complex risks that that would require different kind of uh, behavior change so anyway that those are the challenges but that requires a lot of different people everyone working together to come up with a, you know to make systemic changes like that but let's talk about the iot's because internet of things brings many complex challenges security threats uh, uh, currently as we say and you know as more and more iot devices are getting connected the more uh, you know security challenges are emerging because of that so what is the status from your perspective on the iot security well i th- i think uh, i think ransomware of internet of things is going to grow as an issue you know i i don't think we we've seen we've really seen that yet but everything is connected and uh you know i look at the the tech in my life and the the connected technology in my life and and look at how it's linked and you think it it's a natural step and i think it if it's not 2018 it will be 2019 that you know we see we see more issues of 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 ransomware of connected um you know of of internet of things and internet of things you know when you start to look at what that means and you you look at cars and infrastructure and um and then you start to link that in with the sort of the worry that you read about in terms of um state sponsored cyber attacks you know political politically based um state based attacks and you think yeah internet of things nobody's talking people are talking about iot people aren't talking about sot and i think SOT you know it's the security of things and i think security of things needs to become an agenda item yes yes i i hear your point on that and there is a critical need to address all those different uh, risks that are emerging now as we see you know the challenges from cyberspace geospace space or you know organizations and iot's and smart cars and smart cities and uh, smart enterprises everything is getting connected now so how are the efforts going on there is a need to develop a common security language and while you know we see in each uh, country you know there's some sort of uh, framework they are coming up with you know cyber security framework Uh, each country has different framework every organization probably has different requirement pr- process and uh, there is no commonality there is no common security risk language and i feel that you know there is a much bigger challenge because of that now you know nist and you know others are coming up with uh, their own versions of security framework they all if you look at evaluate them they all are a good start but they all lack the common language and they lack you know the effective and to address effectively all different variables that needs to be considered like you know interconnected risk most of uh, uh, probably all of them focuses only on the independent risk you know 
and uh, I haven't seen any effective framework that uh, addresses the interconnected, interdependent risk. So this lack of commonality in the security risk language is a huge risk. So from your assessment, what are what efforts are going on to develop this common security risk language? Well, I think I think you know you've hit the nail on the head. There's there's disparate bodies or, or countries working on frameworks, but the, the key thing that's lacking is that commonality, you know, and, and why is that? Is that simply a, a lack of trust and, and people are protecting their own? I don't know, but um, but there needs to be, I mean, it's, it's, it's the logical it's the logical thing, and I, I was I was reflecting as well when you were talking about sort of your uh, sort of global peace uh, concept, and I think that that's brilliant because currently there's far more kudos for the hackers, and look what we've achieved by by breaching it. And some of it is malicious, and you know, and and some of it isn't. You know, the average. The average hacker is still only seventeen. Um, you know, the bigger in the in the UK, the biggest uh, breach until very recently uh, in terms of uh, fines was uh, an organisation called Talk Talk. Um, their attack was by a group of, of teenagers. You know, two fifteen-year-olds, a sixteen-year-old, and a nineteen-year-old, and. They did it just to see whether they could. And this has been going on for, you know, I remember in my youth watching, watching war games. And that's exactly what that was about. You know, it was, a, it was a, a lad trying to hack into the Pentagon. And it's hackers do it because the challenge is there in the same way that a climber will think, you know, I'm going to climb Kilimanjaro because it, it's there and I'm going to see whether I can do it. But currently the hackers are the ones who are celebrated and we're not we're not celebrating the people who are who are protecting um and i, th I think that's a that's a really good point and if we can get nations to come together in terms of security standards then won't it be a better place Absolutely. And it is a doable thing. I mean, this uh, the, the brilliance of these teenagers, these young people, you know, is so amazing. And if we can, right now, they don't have the, dis I mean, any incentive. So they are just trying out all different things. And they get a thrill out of, you know, breaking the system. But if we can divert their energy and their brilliance towards doing something bigger than themselves to prevent attacks, to identify the, you know, hackers and to prevent their, you know, uh, initiatives or their efforts and expose them and, you know, that they then they get awards. They become like heroes. That would be, you know, much bigger incentive for these young people. And I think all nations need to come together to come up with such a framework and such a system that can provide that incentive and then that can incentivize these young people to do the right thing rather than, you know, to do the wrong thing. And it's possible. I mean, we have put together a framework and we are the, the whole purpose of this risk grounded discussion was to, you know, have the collective brain power on that, that how can we all come together to do something like that so that we can prevent many, many security threats. Some, you know, decision makers that came on risk grounded, when I talked to them about the framework that we have put together with all these incentives and interconnected risk and everything, and they, he to, they told me that if we are, if nations are able to do that effectively, we would, if pretty much prevent 80% of the security risks that are emerging across nations, almost yeah. 80%. And if we, that's a huge, huge, you know, advantage and huge incentive for us to work towards that. If we collectively, and again, this is no organization or no individual can do this on their own. Everyone has to come together. All the organizations working, all decision makers, all nations, they have to come together. And if we are able to put together that collective intelligence into creating such framework that will work with everyone. We have put together a concept, we have put together, you know, guidelines and processes and all that. But if we collectively work together, our collective intelligence can achieve something like this. 
And that would be a huge, huge achievement for everyone across nations. So I hope that we are able to do that in the coming years. It's going to take a lot of effort because uh, people, nations have not worked effectively well together so far. So we we have to overcome a lot many challenges, but it is possible to do that. And there is a way to do that. So let's hope that, you know, decision makers understand that and we are able to create a lot more awareness than what we are creating. And we are able to bring in a lot more voices into Risk Roundup. Uh, and we are able to create that kind of incentive and that kind of goals, those kind of goals that we can go towards that. But let's talk about another major, you know, challenge that uh, cybersecurity industry faces is about applications the risk emerging from applications and uh, patching and application testing. So there's a concern that the lot of data breaches that we have seen in 2017, those happened because there were vulnerabilities uh, into these applications. And uh, when we create applications, everyone is focused on functionality. People are, when the developers or the designers, they are not focused on the security at the, you know, architecture phase. So there are a lot of challenges emerging from that. And then when we do application testing also, they, it, people identify the problems. You know, it's not that there's a lot of problems are not identified, but even though they are identified, there is not much action on it. So the, it, 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 it's, uh, it doesn't matter if you identify the risk, if you cannot do anything effectively, then what's the point of doing it? So what is the, from your assessment, what is being done about these uh, challenges that emerging emerges from the application testing and patching and uh, all the vulnerabilities that rises from that? So I think, I think there's two things. One, one is the, the application testing I think is a really tricky problem. Um, if you think it's not that many years ago that the applications that an organization used within their business were controlled by IT. The, I, the IT director or, or, or you know, um, the CTO or, or whoever it was would have control over the technology that was deployed. And no department could use systems that hadn't been provisioned for them. In our interconnected, cloud-based, app-based world, you go into any organization and you look at departments and you find that, you know, a department's bought an app and they've signed up for a, you know, pay-as-you-go cheap service that they didn't need IT to provision. They've done it themselves. And, and there's no testing as to well, who's, who's, created, who's created that and, and what's the provenance of the, the development and the, the testing. So I think that's really difficult. And I don't see that tightening up. I, you know, I think there's more and more people uh, very easily creating applications. Um, and and we need a reliance on the, the the framework of those applications to get better in terms of security. I think that I think the thing that we can have more control over is the patching of core systems, of updating, you know, hardware and, and software, of ensuring that you know there are so many businesses that don't do encryption. Yes. You know, um, and, you know, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you'll, you'll hear new stories of people leaving devices in bars or in a cab or whatever it was. And, you know, there's so many of those that aren't encrypted. And where we've got where we've got the onset of something like GDPR as a as a as a regulation, you know, that takes into account encryption, you know, the way you have to react to a data breach is different if your data was encrypted compared to where it wasn't. And I think a lot of the, the lot of the logic there with all the different countries who are coming together in terms of policing that, you know, the cynics say, oh, this is about the fines and about, you know, persecuting businesses. I don't think it is. 
I don't think it's about the fines. I think there will be some, I think there will be some big fines because I think people will be held up to say, look, this is what could happen if you get it wrong. But I think the driver isn't about the money. I think the driver is about trying to force people to do best practice. You know, encryption technology has been around for goodness knows how long. So why isn't everybody using it? Um, you know, and what data are you, what data are you holding on people? And um, and I think, you know, regulation that is protecting us as individuals and our, and our rights is, is a good thing. Um, but still, it's going to take time for people to get there. And, you know, I think people will get fined along the way, but hopefully that will start to make people think yeah, you know, I, I mentioned Talk Talk earlier in terms of they in the UK they they had the biggest fine until recently they had the biggest fine that um, that had been received in the UK so that was given by the ICO the Information Commissioner's Office and they fined them four hundred thousand dollars under GDPR. Uh, the fine would have been 4% of global turnover, uh, which is millions of dollars. You know, the, the new fine is $20 million or 4%. And I think with Talk Talk, it, it would have worked out to be a $58 million fine rather than a 400,000 fine. Um, and that's, you know, that's interesting. And I, when I say until recently, that was the biggest fine. We're seeing other um, big name businesses in the UK coming out and being fined now. But the cynic in me says they're declaring their breaches because the breaches that they're being fined for now haven't just happened. They happened a couple of years ago, but I think they're disclosing them now and they're putting their hands up and they're getting they're getting their, their you know, they're getting fined. Because they'd rather be fined today than they would after May 25th when, when GDPR becomes law. Mm. So I, I think between now and the end of May, we'll see some more high profile businesses put their hand up to say, do you know what? We had some big data breaches too. That's true. I mean, the, those are the challenges and a lot of breaches have happened over the years. But like you said, a lot of the organizations, they have chosen not to report them because they, they will face credibility risk and reputation will be destroyed and uh, liability and a lot more complex challenges emerges from that. So they decided to just... Uh, keep it you know buried and not talk about it but there are a lot of breaches that have happened but i'm also not sure whether fines are going to do anything i mean the, all, all these a lot of organizations they have a lot of money i mean some fines are not going to do they're not going to worry about it they will you know just if, take it as a cost of doing business uh, so fines probably are not going to change the organization's behavior there is going to be very complex uh, uh, challenges and uh, they would just you know pay up the fine that, that's not going to work probably so we'll have to come up with a you know better way of uh, making sure that uh, organizations and decision makers they all do th their part in uh, managing the cyber security risk effectively and uh, uh, being uh, transparent you know where they can and where they cannot you know to come up with proper effective solutions that can work within their organization's boundaries because uh, for a lot of you know systemic risk they are uh, not going to be transparent because uh, if if they, they are transparent when the whole systems are involved that will create much bigger risk so we have to see what are the risk and rewards of declaring those kind of you know uh, the breaches that have happened because it seems that as we are in 2018 that we are going to see many more you know such big uh, risks that are emerging where it could be just like cyber hijacking where you know the hackers are able to take control of entire systems like you know it's a transportation system or financial system the hackers are you know probably you know working towards uh, destroying the systems and if that is the case then it's going to be much more complex challenge and the fines are not going to work because we we have to come up with uh, 
way that how can we regain control of those systems how can we effectively prevent those kind of uh, takeover of the system because if hackers take over a transport transportation system of any you know city or and or uh, take over control of uh, the other you know systems financial system or entire nationwide how are we going to you know regain control of those so those are i think the bigger challenges what do you think about them that you know hackers ability to take control over the entire systems yeah i mean even even things um you know i i think infrastructure worries me yeah you know, when, when you look at road control or, or so on you take a city and uh you take the computer system that controls its traffic light system you know the the havoc that you could cause just by forcing every single traffic light in a city to red you know uh it, it that's not a terribly clever attack but it would it would wreak havoc and uh no i i i think you're right i think there were there were all sorts of all sorts of of challenges let alone you know when we get to uh, autonomous vehicles and and you know breaching uh you know breaching a a vehicle you know and and where that then plays into you know other forms of of terrorism and and so on i think it's a you know it's a big challenge and it it needs it needs to be uh on on the agenda yes it it definitely needs to be the top priority i mean uh, as we are seeing right now also the cryptocurrencies and the blockchain systems i mean the blockchain systems is being used right now for as a digital infrastructure but there are a lot of you know uh, threats emerging there also which we, you know initially people are thinking blockchain is completely secure but it's no longer the case i mean there are a lot of vulnerabilities and all these uh, cryptocurrencies uh, like bitcoin and uh, there are as they are getting mainstream we are seeing that uh, you know all those cryptocurrencies they are also being uh, they are also vulnerable and there are a lot of attacks happening a lot of people's wallets are you know uh, being taken over and uh, the exchanges also are facing threats so there are a lot of there is a possibility of it seems that there is a greater possibility of increase in cyber attacks on those kind of uh, cryptocurrencies uh, exchanges as well as the blockchain based systems what 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 are what is your observation on that Yeah well I think I and I'm not a I'm not a cryptocurrency expert so um but I think from from my position it it's just awareness of of the concern at, at, at the risk you know and I think with every with every step forward with every bit of technology we just have to we have to weigh you know what is the risk and, and what are, what are we doing about that I I mean I think that one of the challenges of course is that the people who are trailblazing aren't necessarily always the people who have that attention to detail in terms of have have we thought of every uh, everything that could go wrong and uh the needs to be the needs to be robustness there yes very true there needs to be robustness now one of your role is that you also are very heavily involved with the board of directors and uh, looking looking at uh, how the organizations and boards are prepared for cybersecurity what is your observation that are they all the board board of directors are they educated enough are they capable enough to address the complex challenges of cybersecurity security are they focused on resiliency how, what is the level of preparedness when it comes to board of directors yeah no and i the, the straightforward answer is i don't think they are i mean i i um i deliver training to to boards of of directors uh on cyber awareness but um so there are companies who do it but they're the exception to the rule and i think um you know if you meet a business person and you ask them when was cybersecurity last on your board agenda which i often do um then more often than not 
it's not. You know, they see that cyber is an IT problem. Yes. And cyber isn't an IT problem. IT is part of the technology, but do you know what? That cyber, the risk is a corporate problem. And the board of directors and every single person who sits on that board need to understand it. And they need to have a cyber response plan. And just like any other, you know, business continuity or disaster recovery plan, that plan needs to be tested. It needs to be understood. It needs to evolve. And there are just way, way too many businesses that have, have never, never looked at it. Yes, very true, very true. And see, the, uh, you hit on nail on another big problem. I mean, a lot of, uh, or I would say most of the organizations think that cybersecurity is information security. And like you said, you know, they think that that's a technical uh, problem and technical challenge. That's not for them. But the fundamental uh, challenge is that what is cybersecurity? that definition and understanding of whether what involves cybersecurity is it information security is it data security is it uh, uh, understanding what kind of uh, different business models or technology models or governance models are emerging or new way of things happening and because of the new way of things happening all across nations in every sphere how is their business or their products or their services or their initiatives are going to be impacted what what comes under the cybersecurity? So that is a bigger, you know, challenge that from my assessment, uh, decision makers are not thinking in the right way. They are focused uh, uh, on the information security part. They think that when they do that, that their part is done. But the bigger challenge is focusing on the strategic security risk, which, you know, should be a part of cybersecurity because the if you look at the overall risk profile, 70, 75% is about the strategic security risk, but everyone focuses on information security, operational security, legal you know, risk and all those things. So the, that is uh, uh, probably, you know, we'll uh, handle that on some other risk round because that itself is a huge discussion and, you know, it will take us a lot more time to just understand and discuss and debate about the changing nature of security, changing nature of uh, risk, you know, changing nature of uh, what is uh, cybersecurity, what is uh, information security, to go through all those definitions and descriptions and what should be and should not be uh, considered uh, cybersecurity. That itself is a big challenge. But let's talk about the book you have written. It uh, about the cybersecurity and human firewall. Would you like to share that information about the book to with our global viewers and listeners? Yes. So the book's actually called "We're All Porn Stars," which is a bit of a uh, a controversial uh, title, but it, it stems from a uh, a scam that was on social media, which is very amusing, and and the way the scam works is um it works on the premise that we all have a porn star name and to work out what your porn star name is you take the name of your first pet and then the first part of the name of the road that you lived on when you were growing up and that's your porn star name and it's very amusing and when you see um when you see this on social media, you see thousands and thousands of people sharing the information. And this was how I opened my TED Talk. My TED Talk's called The Human Firewall, but I opened with this porn star game. And, um, and, it, and it's, it's very amusing. And then I turn around and I say, the thing is, what you've just done, because I ask everybody at the TED Talk, I ask everyone to turn to their neighbour and introduce their porn star alter ego and it's very amusing and then i say look what you've just done is you've shared information that would be used for things like your password retrieval for your online banking and um and suddenly you know it dawns on people what they're doing there's a there's another one um so I wrote, the, I wrote the book on the back of it called We're All Porn Stars. And I'm, I'm currently writing a child-friendly one because a number of people read the book and said, this is brilliant and I want to share it with my children, but I don't want to have a conversation about 
you know, what's a porn star? And then at Christmas, uh, release of the new Star Wars movie, and I saw a scam aimed directly at children on, on social media, and it was, what's your Stormtrooper code? And to get your Stormtrooper code, you take your parents' credit card, and your Stormtrooper code is the 16-digit number off the front of the card, and the three-digit number off the back of the card. And it's totally blatant, totally blatant. And you think people won't fall for that. But I was discussing this with my wife and my seven-year-old son walked in and he said, Daddy, can we do that? Because they don't get it. He just wanted to know what his Stormtrooper code was. So uh, the working title for my child-friendly book is We're, We're All Stormtroopers. Um, but the, the current cybersecurity book, uh, which you can get on Amazon, is called We're All Porn Stars. And it's just about the conversations that we need to be having in the workplace and at home in our families to stay, to stay safe and stay protected. Yes, that, that uh, discussion, that dialogue needs to happen in each and every family. Just like, you know, when we send our child to school, we tell them that look on the left, look on the right, and then cross the road. And those kind of uh, guidelines needs to be there. Those, that kind of discussion needs to be there, you know, in each family about what it means when you log into your uh, social media account or when you go on the internet what you need to do, what you what you have to be careful about. That discussion is uh, very, very important. So now let's talk about your organization, RAMSAC. What role your organization plays in the entire cybersecurity ecosystem? And what would you like to tell our global viewers and listeners about your organization's efforts towards cybersecurity? Okay, so my organization is RAMSAC. And our aim is to make IT simple. So our organization isn't just about cybersecurity, but what we do is we sit alongside our clients and say, okay, what isn't being addressed? Um, you know, we, we started life 25 years ago as a, as a support business and the networking business, but what, what's, what's grown up over the years is, look, what do you need us to be doing in your business? And, and where do you need us to put our arm around your shoulder and, and and help you and cybersecurity is, is is one of those areas and making sure that the board is being educated and you know we're delivering staff cyber education but but you've got you've got rigor and you've got process and you it's not just about the technology any IT company can put technology in place but it's about the other things that we've we've uh, we've talked about during this discussion in terms of um, you know, do you have those those processes and the awareness and the, the proper protocols and and uh, and that's what we're doing to help help our clients. Sure, we're doing we're doing all the technology as well, and we're certifying people with you know cyber essentials and all those good industry standards that help protect. But I think that the harder piece is making sure that. You know, the CEO is sitting down and talking with the rest of the C-suite about this is what the risk is and what are we going to do about that risk? Yes, very true, very true. No, those efforts are absolutely essential. So thank you so much, Rob, for participating in Risk Roundup today. And we appreciate your thoughtful insight on the current state of cybersecurity. And our global viewers and listeners would benefit tremendously from the understanding you provided on the cybersecurity trends and you know some predictions that you made for 2018. So even if a single individual or entity is able to come up with ideas to better the cybersecurity processes, tools, and technology for the complex challenges facing security community and manages associated security risk based on the understanding they received from this discussion we had today, this Risk Roundup Dialogue has been of service and we thank you for that. So looking back at the state of cybersecurity and the growing number of cyber crimes, there is a need for effective technology, non-technology solutions and risk groups, cybersecurity, geosecurity and space security risk research centers are created for these very reasons to identify, evaluate and manage the risk-facing NGIO and CGS, that means nations, its government, industries, organizations and academia in cyberspace, geospace and space. 
we at risk group believe that risk management security and peace they all work together hand in hand though security is related to management of threats and peace to the management of conflict risk management is related to management of security vulnerabilities as well as management of conflict and it is not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other two all three concepts they feed into each other we believe that the security we build for ourselves is precarious and uncertain until it is secured for everyone across nations tradition becomes our security so if we build a culture of managing risk effectively it will lead us to security and security will lead us to peace let's manage existing and emerging risk together for more information on the risk roundups to other risk roundup videos or hear the risk roundup podcast please go to riskgroupalacy.com and do not forget to subscribe and share until next time i'm jayshree host of risk roundups signing off see you next time thank you